0: Last week, you heard Pastor Chu share with you about the frontiers that SIBKL wants to take in 2023 and, and beyond in 2024. The next generation, the digital frontier, and so on and so forth. But the most important frontier that we must take is actually the spiritual frontier. Everybody say spiritual frontiers. Everything in life is actually spiritual. The spiritual determines the physical. How do we know it? How can you say about law? Uh, you know, I, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not a spiritual person. I'm gonna ask you: How many of you have heard of the Green Wave? That is spiritual. You're so quiet suddenly. Why? Because that is affecting you and me. That is why. Spiritual frontiers are important. In fact, everything in the physical realm rises and falls upon the spiritual frontier. And that is why we are believers of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, why bother? Why come to church? Forget it. I told someone, you might as well go and play golf, all right? The spiritual frontier, however, cannot just be taken just like that. It's not a cliché. So we are going to share with you how in SIB this year, we want to practically take on a spiritual frontier. And why must we take on a spiritual frontier? Three reasons. Because number one, the spirit of darkness or the powers of darkness are rising in intensity all over the world. All over the world. It's increasing intensity. And if the people of God are not well prepared for it, they will not be able, don't talk about taking spiritual frontier, they'll be overcome by the spiritual forces of darkness, they will lose even the very territory that you now have. You can never be on a stagnant footnote in life. If your business is doing well and then you stay stagnant, 100% is already on the downward decline. Ask the businessman. If a student studies for the exams and decides that, oh, I, I've studied enough, I already got seven A's, I'm, I don't need to study this year, 100% he will be overtaken by those who are going to make it. So the frontiers are important. And in the same way, if we as a church in SIBKL begin to say, wow, we have done so well. We have so many signs, so many miracles. We have done this, we have done that. But then we stay stagnant. Do you know what? The paths of darkness will overcome us in just a matter of months, if not weeks. Same with every believer. That's why I always say to every leader, actually, if you don't keep growing, you're already backsliding. You don't have to wait to backslide. And that is why taking spiritual frontiers is even more important for our lives, especially as we see the times change. And I love the fact that the early morning prayer was really, uh, the main theme was come up higher. Turn with me to just look at, Revel- it's not on the screen, it's not on the screen. I, I I intentionally didn't put it on screen, so that we train ourselves to engage with the word ourselves. So turn with me, it doesn't matter if it's a digital Bible, better still if it's physical, so that you don't start screening, scrolling all your Facebook. And, and look at Revelation chapter 4, I'm just going to read, Uh, What is happening? Why must we take spiritual frontiers? The first reason is the paths of darkness are growing in intensity. But why are the paths of darkness growing in intensity? Because something else is happening. Come with me, Revelations 4, verse 1. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Everybody say, open in heaven. There was an open door, an open heaven. This is it. You want to take a spiritual frontier? You must have an open heaven because it's all about the spiritual realm, the heavenly realm. And what happened as John was told uh, as he stood there and then the voice began to speak to him and said, it sounded like a trumpet. I really like the way Miranda said, it sounded like a trumpet in the early morning prayer. And it says, come up here and I'll show you what must take place after this. Come up here. Where is here? Here is the higher spiritual realm where God is. God is saying to John, John, let me ask you, invite you, come up higher to the spiritual realm so that you have a God perspective of life. Until you and I, the church of God in the world, begins to realize you must always have gained a God perspective of life. Actually, you and I will not know and not understand what is happening on earth. Everything around us It actually must come from a God perspective of light. So it says, come up here so that I will show you. And what happened when he went up? Verse 2, at once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and chameleon a rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones seated on them with 24 elders dressed in white crowns of gold and from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder and before the throne seven lamps were blazing and so on and so on and so on. Why did John begin to describe it so powerfully and why did the angels allow John to see it in all its glory and all its power? I believe That if you're going to take a spiritual frontier, we must have a breakthrough vision of God. God must be very, very, very big. He is, in fact, if you read Revelation 4 and 5, you begin to realize not only is God on the throne, but everything surrounds the throne. And so one of the most important things, reason, why we need also to take spiritual frontiers and come up higher is not just about the powers of darkness, it's about the power of God. God himself is taking a frontier. God is moving frontiers in the world. In fact, he's already set the timeline for the destiny of nations. And that is why you and I, as believers, must join him to see what he's doing. As Pastor Chiu shared uh, yesterday, he was almost stopped the anointing service. He was so excited. I've been caught what the Spirit was saying about come up higher, he shared three things. Three things happen when we come before the Lord. Three things. In the book of Revelation, it's all about God revealing and unpackaging himself. Number one, we need to have a revelation of God that helps us to break through in our personal spiritual life. Secondly, what happens is that God was also showing to John the destiny of mankind, the destiny of nations, the purpose of salvation. And number three, a very powerful thought, and I want you to turn now to Revelation chapter 5. What is the purpose of salvation? Why did God send Jesus down to earth? And look, look at this verse nine, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe, language, people, and nations. You have made them this is very powerful to be a kingdom and priest, to serve our gods, and they will reign on the earth. The day is not the angels, it's not even Jesus, it's not even God. The day is the believers whom God has redeemed, whose blood has been shed for them. In other words, God is saying to us, "If you under- I want you to understand, not only am I on the throne, and I set the timeline of the destiny of nations, actually you and I as believers are not just believers, not just volunteers. We are priests of the Lord. And we, when we take our position as priests, we will reign on the earth. Wow, if you catch that, say Amen. It's a huge understanding. I'm not here to unpackage that. But I want you to say this. You know, it's been a powerful, powerful season. On, uh, so we launched 40 days on the Malaysian United Firewall of prayer, 24 hours of prayer, Monday to Friday. And on Sik Liang shared on the 1st of January a very powerful message about the altar, uh, the pulpit, and the And, and the stage. And he says the least important is the stage, the most important is the altar. And then he said something: if the people of God do not see themselves as priests, they only are volunteers. Volunteers cannot take on spiritual frontiers. Then I was speaking to someone, very good man actually. He has written, writing a book on the priesthood. Young man, David, uh, actually is Grayson's husband. He said to me: if Jesus tells us that my house must be called a house of prayer, then the people of God are not just members. They are not just volunteers. They are priests of the Most High God. And the priests, when we are worshipping, we are ministering to God. It's not about the platform or about stage ministering to us, but us ministering back to the stage. That is priesthood. Wow, what an understanding. Do you know when I think about all this, the Lord really laid in my heart that actually in order to take spiritual frontiers, we need a breakthrough, a breakthrough in the anointing. What does it mean to have a, why do we need a breakthrough anointing, a breakthrough mindset, a breakthrough spirit, a breakthrough heart? What do we mean by that? What, why a breakthrough anointing? For four reasons. Number one, we must have a breakthrough in the way we know God. It cannot just be a Bible study. All right, the first breakthrough is to know God more, not just know the scriptures. That's the first thing. The second thing is that, and that is why when we had the altars on, 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 on last week, there was a powerful breakthrough in the way we saw God. We began to even say, gosh, he's, the whole thing about Revelations 4 and 5 was he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. And I then we have to ask ourselves, is God worthy of that kind of devotion and, and, and honor? Do you know something? So I was talking to Pastor Isaac and Pastor Miranda. We need to reach a point where God is so real to us that we'll say to the Lord, Lord, you're worthy of me giving up this addiction. You're worthy of me breaking up this pornography habit because it is worthy. Think about that. Why are our lives not set free? Because our God is actually very, very small. In fact, we don't ever meditate on him at all. He's reduced to a Bible study. But when your God is one that is not big, actually, he's not God at all. I always train the leaders that come to me and anyone that comes to me for counseling. I always tell them this. And have many people come to me. Really, it's heartbreaking to see their faith failing. Very heartbreaking for me to see their faith failing. And these are brilliant people. These are leaders. And, and when I look at them, I just say one thing to them. If you can figure God out, One plus one equals two. And put him in a box. He is not God. You are God. Because you have decided what he is like. That is the truth. God then is just a figment of our imagination. A creation of man's mind. But not the God of the Bible. It's imperative we have to go back to know the God of the Bible. And begin to interact with him. Because until that happens, God... There's no breakthrough, no breakthrough. You cannot have a breakthrough anointing. The first requirement for John in the book of Revelation is not whether the four beasts or the antichrist, no, it's God on the throne. That is where we are going this year. God, who are you? The second thing is to have a river of life. Why do I say that? When I talk to a lot of people, there is no life-flowing spirit. Just, you know, you talk about so dull, so stagnant, so, so dull, so dry. And we celebrate that dryness. Hey, why do you want to celebrate dryness when Jesus says, I am, the, I am the life. They that believe in me, out of them shall flow rivers of living waters. That is what it is all about. That must be a breakthrough in us until there's a constant river flowing within us. There's a life-giving spirit within us. And we are able to speak life to people. We're able to bring life to people. You know, uh, people always ask Pastor Chu, why your wife got so much energy? Very simple. I have a life-giving spirit flowing through me every second. But you too can have it. It's not a secret. Today, we're going to talk about that. We must have pastors. If they don't have a life-giving spirit, Look at the questions they ask. Pastor, life, you know, I I told you, I spoke to so many people because, you know, there's a desperation in my spirit. The reason why I want to talk about this is the next point. We must have a manifest presence of God. Not just, you know, very often when we talk about the presence of God, it's all about goosebumps, a feel-good factor. It is good, it is the beginning, but it cannot stop there. It must go on until something is manifest, is visible, is tangible. A change happens. In fact, there's a powerful testimony. I, I, unfortunately, I can't share it uh, because she just told me of how her son had such a powerful breakthrough. Inside, something just burst and changed. That is a manifest presence of a physical change in someone. And only that kind of change creates impact. Do you know recently, why I want to share this is that As long as we as church members or even as pastors as a church are satisfied with wherever we are going, we cannot take spiritual frontiers because the spiritual frontier is getting harder and harder. Some of the things that I've been been told and I'm I'm, I'm allowing myself to be drawn into is so sad. I, I don't know what to do. Number one, there's illnesses that is like, I've never encountered this kind. I'm a doctor, you know, I'm a doctor. I know what to say. But these diseases that I'm encountering, is something like, wow, what is happening here? Why, Lord? Why? Secondly, as I said, so many leaders come to me. They either tell me, oh, they're very dry and all that. Or they're even beginning to lose their faith. And my heart bleeds. I reach a space of, you know, Pastor Cho say, wow, oh, she, she prays, she don't just cry, man, she wails, man. Of course I will, because I'm desperate. God, I'm desperate. I need a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough as a church. We cannot just survive on little, little things, because the frontiers are pushing us. Work, people are, don't know what to do. Don't know what to do, because the economy, everything. Is, and then recently, what really broke me was Patankali. Actually, what happened was that Malaysian United Firewall, which is a national move of prayer, which I'll tell you a little bit about, and I don't have time to really tell you, was um, we launched 40 days of prayer, because the Lord said to me, go in there after G14, 40 days, take the territory, take that frontier, 40 days, 24 hours a day, So we started, I think, on the 11th, I can't remember when, of December, and said, it doesn't matter about Christmas. Christmas is even more important. Ride it over into 2023. We only end on 20th January, just before Chinese New Year. Go in there. So we went in. Wow, it's amazing. People are so faithful. Some of our members, I really want to thank you, SIB. I take 40 slots. That number of slots, some of them. And on one day... Actually, our 24 hours goes only up to Friday midnight because I, I told everyone, Sunday sun is a bit tough. People are going to church and incidentally, on the Malaysian United firewall, the people who anchor it are not just prayer people. A lot of pastors are anchoring and from different, different churches, different, different denominations, different prayer movements, even Kingdom City is there. So what happened is that on Friday, we stopped 12 midnight and then suddenly we stopped at But we kept the link going. And people went in without us knowing. So when I woke up on Saturday morning, Mimi texted and said, oh yeah, people are still on the firewall. What do we do? What do we do? I said, okay, okay, I'll go in there and explain to them it doesn't operate on Saturday. And Sunday, I'll close it down. When I went in there, guess why they kept it going? Batankali had happened. They cried and they cried and they cried up to God and trying to make sense of the whole disaster. And as I joined them, I couldn't close that altar. I just cried and I cried, God, I am desperate. So until you're desperate, you probably won't need a breakthrough anointing. But for me and for the church of God in Malaysia, we are desperate. We need more than just what's happening. We need a breakthrough. We We need to take that frontier. Otherwise, the frontiers of darkness take us. For me, I'm a doctor. It's either death or life. Either my patient gets healed, or they don't get healed. There's no such thing as hanging halfway in between. There's no gray ground. And that is why I treat spirituality the same way. Either we take that frontier, or the darkness frontier takes us. It's as simple as that. So the question must be, how then do we practically do it? And that's when the Lord says, very simple, go back to basics. You know, you cannot play Chopin's Fifth Symphony until you have done your scales. It's as simple as that, right or not? right? Isaac is actually a brilliant pianist. So the Lord says, go back to basics. It is all about prayer and word, prayer and word. And I can immediately hear you say, oh, here she goes again. Pastor Lee I am not the praying kind. You better be a praying kind. You know, it's quite sad sometimes as Pastor Chu came back one day, oh, people asking, how come you're not uh, at that meeting? And then I told them, you're at the MUFW training them on prayer and all that. Hi, yeah, this Pastor Lee Chu, I pray so much. What for pray so much? ah? Ayo, what for pray for Actually, it's not about praying more, it's about praying correctly. The problem with our prayers is prayed amiss. Gwen James. It's gone wrong direction of prayer. So today, I want to tell you that we are committed to training this church to pray correctly. It's not about praying more. It's not about that. You can pray all you like. It's just like if you play the piano wrong and you play the the, the technique wrong, it'll be wrong forever. It'll be wrong forever. So it's not about praying more. It's about praying correctly. And then it's about the Word. Why the Word? Very simple. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. And if you want to know God better, you have to know the Word. Without the Word, there is no life. Because Jesus says that in in Him was life. And His life is the light of man and it shines into our darkness. John chapter 1. But if you don't have know the Word, and it's not about knowing it. Afterwards, I'll explain to you how we're going to guide you. Then there is no life. No wonder you are dry. No wonder we are dry. No wonder we are stagnant. Because there is no life flowing in us. So the thing is still the word and prayer, and in fact the Lord said to me, "Go in there, tell them this year in S I B K L you are going to launch reading through the whole Bible in two years." Actually, I wanted to, the Lord. Actually, told me one year, but my pastors he said, "You two years, one year cannot lah. They'll sure we'll show the grumble one." Okay, okay, okay. Two years. 33 books in one year and you do not pick and choose. The pastors will guide you what books to read and they'll be very kind to you because you're cell leaders, you can negotiate with them. But we have to read the Bible from cover to cover. Otherwise, you have a patchy God. You know what you'll be like? It'll be a bit like the, the elephant, right? Three blind men going and try to figure out what is the elephant. One touches the tail, an elephant is a rope. Another touches the 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 heart, the, 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 what do you call that thing? What is it called? The task, all right. T U S K, right? And it says, uh, the, the elephant is like a rock, but neither is correct. Another touches the body, the elephant uh, the elephant is a wall. It's just like us. We read the Old Testament, God's God of judgment. Duh, duh, oh God's so nice, he's a kind of grace. It's all lopsided. The moment you and I have a lopsided God, we don't have the God of the Bible, we have the God of our own imagination our own wish and thinking. It is not God. I'm sorry to tell you, it is merely the God that you and I want, but not the God. You know, when we sing the song, your promises never fail. When our promises fail, when the promises of God fail in our life, it is not God that has gone wrong. It is us. This year, when things have not been answered, go back and ask God, where did I miss you? God is 100% reliable, but we do not know our God. And that is direction we're going. I'm going to answer both this prayer and the word. The first is why prayer? And I want to say this, prayer is not just asking God for things because then you reduce God to an ATM machine. If you go to an ATM machine and you, ask and you, want to, you punch in $100, what do you expect to get? One hundred dollars. So, if the ATM machine comes back to you and only gives you fifty dollars, what will you do to the ATM machine? Kick it, right? Yeah, you kick it. Yeah, I think I would kick the ATM machine, or I would curse it. I say, useless ATM machine. Never go to ATM. I'm. I take my account out from this bank. Unreliable, right? That happens to all of us who repent who treat prayer as asking. That is why we say God is unreliable, and cannot we believed in because that to us is prayer. But prayer is not like that. Prayer is man's interaction with God. Prayer is opening up the gateways of heaven. I'll give you three things about prayer. In that gateway, in that open heaven that we are seeking to open, what is happening? Three things happen. Number one, actually is God speaking to us. That's the first thing. God speaks to us in the prayer time. If God does not speak to you and you are doing all the speaking, it is not prayer. There's no interaction. You're going to be. I'm going to come to that in a while. You're merely telling God what to do and telling him your problems. Number one, God speaks to us. Number two is very powerful. In prayer, that is, a dwelling, a presence of God comes to live amongst us. Now, this is where you need to understand that. If you treat prayer. As a religious duty, it means you do it now and then, you do it when you feel like it, it will not be prayer. It will just be a religious duty or something, a hope for the best activity. But prayer to God is never like that. It is about constantly, regularly having a life of prayer. It's about a prayer life, not a prayer meeting. Amen. Everybody says, God is asking me to build a prayer life, not a prayer meeting. It doesn't just happen on a Tuesday night when you come to church. It is a prayer life. Why is it a prayer life? So that God can speak to us. And number two is so important. God can dwell. The word dwell is to abide, to stay with us. Now, when I was a little girl, my mother really, was upset with me. She said to me, you know, you treat this house like a hotel. Sukkot, Sukkot, you come. Sukkot, Sukkot, you don't do. You don't do a single thing in this house. That is what we can treat God. He's like a hotel to us. When we Sukkot, we go. When we don't Sukkot, we come out. When we treat God that way, He will not be abiding with us. He will be come and go. But for God to take up residence, not just in our life, but in our very homes, that the demonic spirits know this home has a physical presence of God, actually, you need a prayer life. Do you know when my, the Lord taught me a lot about this when I watched my mother pray, build prayer altars. But so I want to come to the third thing. God will then act on our behalf. I want to give you another teaching, which I normally give to those I train about prayer altars, and we will be doing that on Tuesday nights. And this is what we train uh, on the Malaysian United Firewall. What is prayer? What is a prayer altar and not a prayer meeting? A prayer meeting is when we talk to God and we tell God all our problems. Nothing wrong with that and we ask God. Nothing wrong with that. But until you and I have a breakthrough in our prayer life, not a prayer meeting, you cannot take spiritual territory. There will be no conquering of spiritual frontiers. You can pray, but there's no conquering of spiritual frontiers. So what's the difference between a prayer altar and a prayer meeting? Very simple, three things. Number one is a spiritual gateway, just like John. There's an open heaven. That's why, why, why did we do 40 days after the elections? Because the Lord says there must be a spiritual gateway in Malaysia, open all the time. Wow, why like that one? Huh? Because we want to take a spiritual frontier. We are not satisfied with the frontiers that we've already been given. Number two, as we enter and hit that gateway between heaven and earth open, Now, the presence of God comes and is invited to the land. And it gives God legal right into the land. You may say, what does it mean? God is God. Why can't he just come in? Doesn't he have legal right? No. Because the psalmist tells us, Psalm 115 and Genesis chapter 1, 27, 28 tells us, the heavens belong to God, but the dominion of the earth he has given to man. Whomever the man invites from the spiritual realm into his home, into his life, into his nation, that spirit will have dominance, dominance. That spirit has right of rule in the land. Do you understand now why our country has many, many issues to face? But the powerful thing, when the church of God stands together and begins to invite the God into our lives, into our homes, into our families, into our workplaces, Actually, because God is on the throne and is above every demonic spirit, God has now legal right to act on our behalf. You know, I think about families. I will say this thing. If you and I don't build a family altar, actually, the demonic spirits will come. Go for your children. Go for things. In the same way with work. You and I must... Have you been to Thailand? In Thailand, the shopkeepers... They always have an altar. You, do you see that? They always have an altar. And before they even start business, you know, if you go to the Thai shop, they don't even want to sell you anything until they have built that altar. Why? Because they know that when they invite their God in, anybody coming in, a kway quiet pay lawyer. Because they are controlling the physical territory to the spiritual altar. Altars have. Power prayer meetings don't. Do you know the Lord taught me a lot about altars by watching? He said, "Remember your mother's altar. In my mother's altar, it always every day. Zhong hyong day and night, night and day. Zhong hyong day and night, night and day. Zhong hyong Interpret to your friend who don't understand." In other words, for us, it's just a song. We just sing, but we do nothing about it. For my mom, every morning and every evening, she offers fruits at her worship. And then she enters the third part of the altar, which is spiritual transaction. Spiritual transaction. She begins to say to her deity, Sana, Sana what is that a spiritual transaction interpretation sorry my, my uh, forgive me what is my mom was saying it's that you know uh, you know my daughter she needs to i need her to be more obedient man I need her to uh, really study hard, man. and blah 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 the spirit would now speak to her. Yes, I can do this for you. Now, transact with me. You must give me this, this, and this. The greater the desperation of the altar, the greater the sacrifice, which is why all altars have power because it's all about spiritual transaction. And I don't want to frighten you. But in the realm of the darkness, the covenant they have made, is a covenant of death. Many of our people, the moment we are not interested in God, without you and I knowing, the more powerful altars overtake us. And we are making, they are making a covenant with death. Our covenant is a covenant with life. It's a life-giving altar. And that's why we, when we don't pray, there's no understanding of all these things happening. No understanding. So you know what's happening? The powers of darkness overtake. It actually influences us. They have power. They have power. Why do you think all these things are happening? Scamming, all these things can happen because there is no power, no flow of life, And that is why I want to say this to you that covenants are important. And that's why we're not doing communion now until end of this message so that hopefully you can understand the power of covenant better. Holy communion is actually a uh, re-enactment of covenant. We are covenant people, all right? And so what it means is that when we are covenant people and when we have come before the Lord, something happens between God and us. There's a transaction. I'll give you a very simple story. One of my girls who is now a cell leader, when she first came to us, she was not yet a cell leader. In fact, she was a little bit lost. Her faith was dry and she was not uh, even knowing what to do. Not that type of dry Christian. But she had a desperation in her spirit. Sometimes we are not desperate enough, but she was desperate. Because a son, who is a very, very good son and a very quiet son, and a son who was doing well, suddenly lost his job and had no jobs. And for a long time, no matter how he applied, he couldn't get a job. And so she was very, very concerned as a mother, and she was very desperate. So she went for people to, to ask for help and to pray. And one of the pastors who prayed for her said to her this, well, I feel the Lord saying to you, you must go and uh, go to attend a prayer altar for three days in a row. Wow, prayer altar three days in a row. Where I got prayer altar one, ah? I don't know. any then if you found out, SIB got altars every day, Tuesday to Friday in SMCC. My ladies do that altar. My prayer DPA does the altar. And, and so she found out. Then she argued with, with, uh, the, uh, with, with God. Why must be three days? Uh? Can I go just one day? I don't have time, you know. I, I, I'm a mother. I got this to do. I'm a this. I, got a, I cannot. I only have one. I go for one day. Uh. God was quiet. When God is quiet, means no. Uh. We're entering into transaction, right? So, two days. Uh, two days is enough already. Uh. Yeah, where got people spent three days in church praying? Man, uh. Where God like that? one? God did not say a word. Then finally she said, okay lah, okay lah, go lah. So she went, she found out where SMCC, where we had the altar. The moment she stepped inside, a tangible presence of God came upon her. She was soaked, she was wrapped, she was just, Suddenly, something just broke through. Remember, breakthrough in 19? She just broke through and she worshipped. No, don't even know the song. She worshipped, she wept, just like, and she began to really lift her hands and all that, all that. When she opened her eyes, and then she said, it was so powerful that she felt there were hundreds, hundreds upon hundreds of angels around. Hundreds, in fact, she said there were hundreds of people in this altar. But when she opened her eyes, there was only three women there. The power of the altar. Two or three gathered together. Angels count down. Presence of God is manifested. After th- three days, she was at the altar. She obeyed the Lord. A spiritual transaction had taken place. Within two weeks, the son got a job. And not only that, her whole spiritual life was revived. Today, she's my cell leader. One of my lady's cell leaders. Come on, give God a big clap offering. That is a prayer altar. Incidentally, in the demonic realm, there's always transactions, which is why it's so scary. But praise the Lord, we also have spiritual transactions. In 2012, the Lord spoke to me. I realized that I was very scared of encouraging people, this church, to move into prayer. I have a prayer life, but not the church. And so the Lord challenged me. And he said to me, you are being pushed back by a spiritual frontier. You are intimidated to ask the people to pray because you're scared that if you ask them to pray, they won't like you anymore or they will be uh, angry with you or whatever. They will give you all kinds of excuses. And the Lord then challenged me, you need to repent of that. When that was told to me in 2012, and I realized it was true, I was afraid of pushing that frontier because I felt that, yeah, this is not praying type people, we're not the type of church and all that, all that. But the Lord rebuked me But because he rebuked me, I repented. I cried and I cried and I cried for two hours that day, that morning when the Lord spoke this. And after that, I courageously, I began to challenge the church. I don't remember if you remember. And from that moment, the Tuesday night altar changed. 300, 400, I don't know if you remember. There were people just couldn't come in anymore. But then it went down when people got used to it. See, the frontiers must always be pushed. So in 2014... Julius Subi, we invited him. Uh, how many of you know Julius Subi? Okay, those who don't know, never mind. He's from Kenya. And he brought in a very frightening prophetic word from Kenya because the Lord told him, go to Malaysia, did know Malaysia in 2010 to tell the Malaysian church that if they don't wake up, judgment would come in five years, 2010, 2015. In 2014, we invited him to do a prayer training in SMCC. As he was doing the training, suddenly I realized next year, 2015, is the year. One year left. And not only that, 2013 was really a thorough year for Malaysia. Two planes fell from the sky. We've got people got two planes fall from the sky, one, right? MH17, mh 370 And suddenly I realized God is trying to get our attention And I realized the Church of God in Malaysia had not responded to this warning. You see, people can give us a prophetic word. But until we take it seriously, nothing happens. So I began to cry to God. I said, God, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Give us one more year. Give us one more year. Now, two weeks before that, or sometime before that, the Lord had taken me in the altar and says, learn to transact. Transact with me. So at that moment, the Lord says, transact with me. I will show mercy, but now transact with me. Go on the stage. The following week would be our launch of the 40 days of prayer and fasting. And normally our 40 days of prayer and fasting, we just say, you sukkah, you fast, you don't sukkah, never mind. Uh, Just do whatever you want. It's it's that kind of do it. It's, It's just a kind of a thing that we just do without intention, without plans, without any sense of value or importance. Just do. Then the Lord says, next week is the 40 days of prayer fasting. Tell the people now, go on the stage and challenge them, you will this time do a covenantal fast. It's not a convenient fast, it's a covenantal fast. In the covenantal fast, they will sign on the dotted line how they will fast, whether it's one meal a day, whether it's uh, water, whether it's uh, liquid, whether it's three times per week, one time per week, they will sign and they'll commit and they will say how many chapters of the Bible if they read one chapter, whatever. And you will also open up the altars in church every night so they will come at least once a week. Get them to do that. But now you must tell them. Wow, I tell you, I was filled with fear and trembling, man. Because I, the word transaction is quite a frightening word. I've never transacted with God like that. I went on the stage and I told that very sheepishly. And I said, I want to declare that our 40 days of prayer and fasting happening next week will be a different form of fasting. It will be a covenantal fast and I explained it a bit. And then if you want to participate, just come and join us on Tuesday night in SMCC MPH and we will just do it. Do you know I only expected at the most 200 people to take part in a fast like that? I mean, I can count on one hand. Okay, maybe some of my pastors, maybe my prayer leaders, maybe others, maybe 200. On that year, 2,000 people from SIB took the covenantal fast. How many of you did that? Right? A lot of you. And the breakthrough was so powerful that every night when we went, something happened. And at the end of the 40 days, Pastor Chu and I had to take separate lines because the cue to tell us of breakthroughs in their life was so long. Taoist priests came to know the Lord. People who were in great addictions were broke through. Families were reconciled. Children who had gone wayward, run away, they were brought back. Marriages were reconciled. Workplace, people who had all kinds of things happening, debts were paid. There was a mighty breakthrough. What happened? What happened? A transaction. A transaction had taken place. In 2021, God spoke to me and said, go and build a 24-hour wall of prayer around Malaysia. How to do that? Huh? The Lord said, very simple. Just go and find three or four of your friends who are pastors, who are running churches, and tell them to join you. Even At that time, SIB had already built a wall, firewall of prayer uh, inside SIB in 2020 towards the end of 2020. But in 2021, the Lord lifted us to the next spiritual frontier. Go and do that and build it for Malaysia. So I just called three or four of my friends and told them, you know what? I explained to them what is a firewall of prayer. I explained to them all that. Now can we just, I I said, let's call together, whoever you have, you know, and we're going to come and going to teach them what God is saying. I'm going to bring in Pastor Ruth, you'll teach blah, blah, blah. Do you know I only expected maybe... 30, 40 people to join the teaching on the first time. The number of people escalated to 3,000 people came to join the teaching. By the time we launched in March, it was big. What was God doing? He was lifting the frontier. So much so that in 2021, the Malaysian United Firewall could do 50 days of 24-hour prayer and we have never done it before. What was God doing? Pushing a spiritual frontier. Do you know something? Every time you and I believe in God, transact with God and take God seriously, you push a spiritual frontier. And what the Lord this morning said to me, something shifts in the heavenly realm. There's a shift in the heavenly realm in Malaysia. I would dare say it is because of this shift of the Malaysian United firewall that is part of the reason GE15 14 uh, ge went that way. We're not claiming credit. I'm not here to claim credit. I mean, when that, you know, on that day when things shifted, I actually stood in fear and trembling and in awe. And I said to myself and my core team said to each other, what if we had not obeyed? What do you think would have happened if we didn't take God seriously? What if we had not obeyed? What if we had not done it? It's a frightening thought. It's a frightening thought. It's a frightening thought, my brothers and sisters. And that is why in SIB, we really want to train you to build prayer altars. So, what are we doing? Remember, we are very serious, we are going to do it intentionally. These are the night these are the corporate altars in sibkl the night corporate altar I highlight it because that is the main altar of the church actually I I've not been there for years all right ever since I started building my own prayer teams and building the prayer leaders which is correct direction because I needed to make sure they were strong I have not been present and built the Tuesday night altars however last year the Lord said this to me go back and built the Tuesday night altar because it's the main altar of the church. And in the past years, the, the way God has worked in SIB is only at the Tuesday night altar that God transacts. Do you know this building came about because there was a Tuesday night altar that Pastor Chu and I were present in and together with the leaders and the elders that God began to transact with us and says, if you keep your house holy and blah, 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 you will see blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, the very next day, somebody presented this building, not this building, the site and location of this with the building plans. That is how powerful it is. Same thing happened long ago. God brought us to CP Tower, a transaction to be everything in SIB. is at the corporate altar. So God said to me, go back. You invest time into it. So I told the pastors, allow me to come in and help all of us build it correctly. Remember, it's not about praying more. It's about praying correctly. It's not about just praying for praying's sake. No. It's about interaction with God. And so that's why I've committed myself. I want to invite you this coming Tuesday. Pastor Isaac and the next gen is going uh, going to anchor it. And we're going to come together. And we're going to understand. Of course, in one altar, you will not get everything. But it's going to be a lifestyle for us in SIBKL. Do you agree, pastors? Pastors, do you agree? You better give a loud amen. So that they know you mean business. Do you know something in the spiritual realm? Nothing changes if we merely mouth it. Only when we stand determined and mean business, we take frontiers. If it's all talk, no action, you're wasting time. Go and enjoy life. But when we are serious and say, we are going to take this frontier, we are going to stand there, we are going to commit ourselves, and I would like to invite every one of you to come. Because the Lord showed me, that is when I will break through. When they believe in me, when they understand me, when they know how to relate to me, signs and wonders will happen. Things will break through. Why Tuesday night? Because this is too general. We need committed people who are going to stand before God for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in death. That's how. We take frontiers. All right, there are the other frontiers. The next-gen altar is super powerful. They just did seven hours of prayer. They are taking the next-gen frontier, the DPA, as well as Sunday morning. But I want to go to the Word. What about the Word? So I'm going to ask you to look at this slide where it talks about abiding in the Word. Why is the word important? In prayer altars, the word is very important. In fact, when you build your prayer altar, you must read at least three to five or 10 chapters of the Bible at one sitting. Why? So that you have a nice big picture of the Bible. You don't have just patchy little bits. So what is the purpose of the prayer? Number one is John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. It is about connecting to God and remaining in Him. But I like the one in message version. I'm the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me. So what is a prayer altar? It's union with God. It's one with God. When we spend time with God. Now I'm going to say this. You'll all say to me, I've got no time the Pastor. I've got no time. Don't worry. We're going to guide you step by step. We're going to guide you step by step. If you come on Tuesday night, we'll guide you. Even if you don't come, also we'll try and guide you. It's not about spending hours at a time. As long as it's consistent, even if it's 10 minutes a day, even if it's half an hour a day, but because you're doing it consistently, it's all about consistent. It's like the vine and the branches. It's always attached to the branch, uh, the vine. Am I right? Do you ever see a branch floating on its own? then sukkah, it goes back to the vine? Have you ever seen a branch like that? You better don't look at it. or you know. It must be a hantu, right? Yeah, you don't want to be a hantu. you want to be a tuhan. You want to connect to tuhan, right? Yeah. So it's not about spending hours. I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not the most hours, I actually not. But every 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, you learn how to connect with God and there'll be a set. The flow of the life of God will come to us. But and if we don't, Message Version says it's intimate and organic Separated, you can't produce a thing. A branch, separated, never connected to It's is a useless branch. In the same way, a believer that does not want to even try to connect with God, don't waste time. You might as well be a non-believer because then you're very stressed, very frustrated. His promises never fail, but it's failing. His promises never fail, but it's failing. Why is it failing? Because they're not connected at all. At all, then you say God, no good. No, I think I I want to backslide, I don't want to go to church. You you can say all you want. The devil loves you for that. Because now you are his victim. But I like this thing: the word. Abide in the word. Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, You may ask for anything you want. Well, isn't that powerful? Isn't that what we want? Anything we ask also, it will be granted. Why will it be granted? Because there's a life union. Look at GPT. A life union and the word of God is powerfully within you. In other words, God's word is the same as our word. In other words, there's so much word inside us that it's not about, incidentally, when we do the word, it's not about study, it's not about exegesis, it's not about Greek and Hebrew. It's allowing the word of God to flow into us until the word becomes flesh. It is alive inside us. How does that happen? It happened in my life. So when when, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, the way God interacted with me was very simple. It says, take my word believe on it, declare it into your spirit. You must declare it. You cannot just read it and then hope for the best. Speak it into your life. Speak life. My word is life. No, Jesus, come on, everybody say, God's word is life. God's word is life. So I began to speak life. And then the Lord, because I was dealing with insecurity, I was dealing with condemnation, guilt and shame and great insecurity. The Lord made me read the whole of Romans 8 and I says, take this verse. Now, this is what will happen to you. As you come to the altars, we're going to train you. What is, Or even the cells, we're going to train the cells as well or ministries, whatever. Whenever you come, we're going to try and do that. Take one truth and now begin to appropriate. The Lord told me, appropriate this truth. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God did not withheld His only Son, how shall He not, along with Him, freely give me all things? Is it God that justifies? Who can bring a charge against you? It's Jesus Christ that died. And is now even seated at the right hand, interceding for you. What can separate me from the love of God? So I would do that every day, proclaiming it. I would say, if God be for me, who can be against me? It is Christ Jesus who has died. I did that every day for 10 years. What was I doing? Speaking life into myself. See, the Word is not just about clever Bible study, so great, so great. In the cell, they're determined to break you from a Bible study mode to a a life-giving Word. They're determined to do that. How are we going to do it? Now, let me tell you this. You would love us for this because we're going to give up money just for you to do it. How are we going to make you have a living Word inside you? Uh, Forget about the ways. uh, Just go to the living Word because my time is running out. This is how we're going to do it. What happens is that we're going to, every cell group, now if your cell leader didn't do it, tell the pastor. And the pastor didn't do it, come and tell me. Sorry, not that bad. My pastors are very good. But I want to do it. We want to do it, not me. I want to do it. We want, and the SPO team has agreed we will do this. Incidentally, even the pastors don't know about it, so don't go and harass them because I have to speak and the pastor's meeting is only this Friday. We're going to do it this way. We're going to encourage the cells to want to read through 33 chapters of the Bible this year. Remember, two years, the entire Bible. The pastors will work in collaboration with the ministries or the cell leaders and say, which books do you want to read this year? And they will help him unpackage it into how to read. Now, the details of it, your pastors and leaders will unpackage to you. Now, if you're not in a cell, not in a ministry, join one, okay? Otherwise, it's a little bit tough for us to do it. And as you read, this is what we're going to do. In fact, I wanted to give out this kind of a book this year, but never mind. Number one, you read the scriptures. You do not read a bit here, a bit there. You're going to read systematically. If you are reading Genesis, it's the whole book of Genesis. And you're going to, as you read it, you're going to read not just one verse, you're going to read minimum three chapters okay, if you have no time, one chapter, but you're going to try. And and because we're doing it as a group, we're going to mutually help each other. Incidentally, the purpose of the Tuesday night prayer altar is precisely because we cannot do it on our own. When everyone is doing it, there's more excitement. Do you agree? You know, there was one year in our church, we did New Life as a whole church, and it was amazing. So this year, we're doing prayer and the Word as a whole church. So there'll be excitement, we're helping each other. That's what community is all about. So we're going to read the and as you read, what will happen is that you are given, let's say, one, 10 chapters to read. So as you read it, they're going to ask a few questions. Observation. I don't want you, I'm not interested in your Hebrew, your Greek, and your wonderful exegesis. God is also not interested for now. But we want to ask ourselves, who is my God? I read this thing about God, but I don't understand it. And it will reduce us to want to ask questions about God. So when you come back to the cell, you can store up your questions. Ask the cell leader, don't know, never mind. Send it back to the pastor. Pastor, don't know, never mind. Send it to Pastor Chu. And we will know what the church knows and doesn't know. It forms a basis of our own preaching. If we don't know what our members know, we can preach. But we don't know. They don't know what we don't know. Right? So what is going to happen is that we're going to ask, who is this God? Why does he do things like that? Why does he interact with Abraham this way? Why does he interact with Lot that way? And then we are going to write down scriptures that we like. And we're going to, we're going to say, this is what I got. And I really like it. And then when you go to cell, you're going to share. Now, of course, not everybody can share. So we're going to guide the cell groups. Kim may wow, today when I read Genesis, I discovered a God, blah, like that. Do you know, I was just reading Genesis and I saw this verse which really triggered me. I'm going to tease my pastors to give me an answer. I saw that God said to Abraham, Ishmael, I will bless. And these are the blessings for Ishmael. But my covenant is with Isaac. Now, the Holy Spirit is a very exciting one. If you learn to interact with God, remember, prayer altars for interaction. Holy Spirit asked me, what is the difference between a covenant with God and blessings? Which is better? Wow, yeah, well, I didn't know. that, So, I'm going to ask the pastors. This is how you would read. Now, of course, I will ask God those things. You may not. You may just say, oh, Lord God, why did you speak to Abraham? You didn't speak to me. Or... It's okay. What? Yeah, it's a good question. What made God speak to Abraham? I actually did ask that. It was a very powerful understanding. Powerful. And it will give you a wow factor of God. You know, you used to sing the song, Leave Me Astounded. Actually, why I enjoy my time with the Lord, I'm astounded. The understanding of the nature of God, His wisdom, His understanding, His perception of life, His immensity is so great. I'm just wow, God. And the love He has for human beings do you know the love here for human beings is loa biasa? We always don't like our enemies and don't like this and don't like that. Then the Lord even constantly, my eyes shower rain on the wicked and on the righteous. Don't you condemn what I'm doing. Wow, this is our God. And we may not be able to understand it. So now we're going to apply. How do we apply? Now, this is where the Lord reminded me of this verse, which we are not going to look now, Isaiah 55. Incidentally, Isaiah 55, verse 6 to verse 12, is a very powerful section of scripture. In fact, the whole of Isaiah 55. Come unto me, all you who are thirsty, and I will give you drink. What God is trying to show us is that when we come to God, he, remember, He speaks to us. Remember, the main thing He speaks to us is to correct and reorientate our thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. What does it mean to be higher than your ways? That means if you follow God's way of thinking and you act upon those ways, you will have a productivity, you will have a type of life that is higher, at a higher plane. How do we have this life on a higher plane? Uh, The Lord just put it in my heart. How do we not get offended with church and church members and still stay in church and still stay loyal to church? That requires God to deal with us in our thought pattern and the way we look at each other. That's it. There was a time, I'll tell you the truth. I was, uh, somebody told me this person is very sick and I know that person. In fact, it's a very, uh, well, I won't tell you who that person is. So I said, yeah, yeah, let's go and pray for the person. very sick. So we went in and prayed and prayed and prayed. As I was praying and praying and praying, suddenly the Holy Spirit said, said to me, your prayer has no power and no effect. Because just two weeks ago, you're complaining to everybody about what this, this guy is not so good about. You're telling everything, everything wrong with this guy. You are, in fact, really nullifying your own prayers. Whoa, it was a serious thing. Now, I can say, but God, He really did do that. He really bah, 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 bah. That is my way of thinking. Do I want a breakthrough in my prayer? So it's very simple either agree with God or agree with myself. That is what it means to apply God's ways. And so I applied. And do you know the guy got healed? Not just me prayed, all of us who prayed. And the Lord taught a very important lesson. That's why very often when people go to pray, they tell God what to do. Prayer is not telling God what to do. I trained the Malaysian United Firewall. Prayer is God telling us what we must do. You know, have you ever seen people go to prayer and they go like that? Oh, Lord God, my neighbor, huh, number 12, Jalan Bataya. Huh, you know what? Huh, she's got this terrible habit. Huh, you know, she wears a pink dress and she does this. she got a five, does uh, a Mercedes-Benz car and then she thinks she's so grand. Huh, she put the rubbish in front of me. Huh. Lord God, huh, you better change her. do speak to her. That's called telling God. Long, long ago in our marriage, I also do that. To tell the truth, I've been that way. So here's my husband, right? Oh, Lord God, oh, Father in heaven, oh, Lord God, you better change my husband, you know. He never remembers my birthday. I know, oh, somehow if I try to remind him, we have a quarrel about it and then, you know, everybody's husband give them roses and everything. I know, oh, I don't even remember my birthday. oh! Lord God, please change him. <laughs> and then the Lord will say to me, the Lord actually said to me, when you change, everything changes. God's ways. God's ways. It's a very powerful thought. This is what the Lord put within me. When we go to the Bible, you must ask, is my way and my thoughts aligned to God's ways? Now, also ask the second question. Why must I align to God's thoughts? Why must I follow God's ways? What if I don't follow God's ways? I'll give you a story. Eh? Pastor Teo. Pastor Teo is a very close friend of mine. There are six of us who anchor the Malaysian United Fireball. It's truly uh, 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 anchored six of us, right? I didn't even know her until I started. But she's an amazing lady of prayer. 6,000 intercessors under her. And in the AG movement, in the never be, AG church pastors are very yum kong, their salary is so little. I don't know what made her do this. A member came to her and asked to borrow money. So I asked her, why did you lend? Because this member is my member, ma. And you know, when your member comes to you crying, crying, and she was saying that this member owned a florist shop, and that shop would be taken, uh, would be, what's it called, repossessed, because she could not afford the instalments. She was really in the quandary. And then the member said to her, don't, please lend me, lend me this amount. It's quite a big amount. Lend me this amount, because don't worry, don't worry, I'll pay you back next week, because I got shares, and this share next week will go up, man. Today, not so good yet. But next week, sure go up, but I know you're laughing, uh, Kunta, I know, you know all about shares, right? Next week, sure go up, but, but your pastor or pastor don't know anything about shares. One, uh. So, okay, okay, next week, sure go up, no, Pastor Theo, some more. Ah, yeah, okay, okay. Do you know Pastor Theo drew out her entire life savings, and don't imagine a very, very big amount, uh, uh, A.G. pastor life savings, not very big, but it was a lot for her. It was, she didn't tell me the amount, but it was a lot for her because this entire savings was what she had saved up to try and put a deposit for a church building because the church don't even have a building that they would want to buy. So, But she really, really wanted to uh, help the member. What an amazing pastor. Don't come to me and ask like that. Sure, I won't do. Don't even try. Sorry. Will never happen. Never, never try. So... She gave. One week later, no money. Two weeks later, no money. One month later, no money. Her heart was just gripped with disappointment, discouragement, and the worst thing is bitterness. And then she began to cough, and she coughed out blood. And it continued for months. And she went to see so many doctors, she said. Six months down the line, she was still coughing out blood. On the 10th month, the Lord spoke to her. You are so bitter in your spirit that even you're coughing out blood. That's the Chinese saying. You're so bitter that you even cough out blood. Wow. Here was God telling her that something was wrong. Would she obey? Would she agree with God? What if she didn't? So what happened was that by that time, she just... She's a woman who has walked with God. She just broke down, cried and cried and cried and cried. And the key word, she yielded to the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, prayer is not like that. It's not what you think. It's a very beautiful spirit that will come into us, that will break our hearts and cause us to agree with God. And so she broke through and she said, Lord, and she repented and she forgave the lady. The lady didn't give her back the money. It was only 20 years later that the woman came back and gave her the money. But you know something? When the woman, she said, actually, by the time she came back, I was so free. I had no more bitterness. And and do you know what happened? Immediately, uh, her blood coughing stopped. Immediately. Immediately, she was healed. Immediately. Amazing. The very next day, I was no longer coughing out blood. Wow. Something happened. And then... So she was sharing this. If you want to hear about all these stories, you come to Malaysian United Firewall, okay? Uh, on Wednesdays is when the core team anchors. And, and that was, I was anchoring that day and I was training the thing on abiding in love. She was sharing this. So on the side screen, you know, on the Zoom, all the side screens will happen. One gentleman put in there, ayo, I guess I need to hear this. Oh. I got an incident now. The guy slapped me. I want to slap back Oh. The guy pull up my tooth. I pull out his tooth out. Oh, an eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. Oh, a slap for a slap out. Oh, I cannot do this! He shouted. I cannot do this. Okay for you, Pastor Teo. Now, instead, that, I'm going to jump to Pastor Teo's story and come back to this man. All right. So what she did was that she had already been so set free, and her love, her joy, life, life, life was flowing back into it. It's a covenant with life. She was no longer suffocated. Life to her. But do you know what happened? The following year, she was invited by a Singapore church to preach. And because life is flowing through her, naturally, she had a breakthrough anointing. Incidentally, when we go through an incident like that, it's also a testing so that God can bring us to a higher level of anointing. Do you know that? Do you know that? Don't be scared of these tests. Because actually, the devil is trying to pull us down, but God's trying to lift her up. So... She had broken through anyway. And because there's so much life-giving spirit, when she went to this big church, you know, in Singapore, tons of people were healed. There was deliverance on the floor. She said it was a powerful three nights. She was just so overwhelmed that actually everybody was so overwhelmed and the pastor was so overjoyed that the pastor gave her a love offering and, that, and told the congregation, "No, Pastor Theo here has done well. Let's give her a love offering. The love offering collected that day was equal to the amount she has lent out. And she was able to pay a deposit for her church building. Isn't that amazing? Now, go back to this guy. Now, pray, right? How do we S-O-A-P? How do we pray? Actually, I put there, pray a scripture and declare thoughts and words into your spirit. Just like what I did. But I'm going to jump. Actually, when that man posted there, I cannot do this. I'm not Pastor Theo. It is true. Because he hasn't walked that way before. So I posted back onto him, none of us can do this on our own. Remember the branch and the vine? Abide in me. Apart from me, you and I can do zero, elect, nothing. The key is still in the abiding. So I want to share this with you. In 1984, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Lord began to teach me the fundamentals that would always cause me to have a spiritual life that would always be connected with Him. So He gave me Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, the prayer of the Apostle Paul, which says that I bow before my Father from whom every uh, family on the earth is called and I I I pray that from whom every family in heaven I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen me with power through his spirit in our inner man so what God was say, saying was this you must learn this now actually I don't like people tell me you got a strong character I really don't like I wish I'm size, so nice demure never talk one you know so sweet just sit there, sit talk and talk never open mouth type I love to be like that so I don't like it right but the Lord taught me it's not about outside it's inside There must be an inner flow within you. There must be a power within you. That power is not a human power. It is the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not just about speaking in tongues. It's about the flow of the Holy Spirit. It's about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's about the the, the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit is love, joy and peace? It is never, never anger, striving or confusion. Let that flow into you. Now, the second part was very important. It says, the second thing is this. How, what is it that you must have to strengthen you on the inside? The love of God. Now, Pastor Chu says the power of love. Now, let me explain to you the power of love. So, what needs to happen is inside us. So, I sit. I is in Saba At 5.30, it's already very bright. And I would do my personal time and this, this holy time, a prayer time with the Lord. I don't know what you call it. At that time, I don't know, it's a prayer altar. And the wind was blowing. It was a very, very strong wind. And there was a tiny acacia tree in front of me. The acacia tree is not a big tree. It's only a thin tree. The wind was blowing left and right. It was swept in the wind. And it it looks like it would break, but it never broke. And then the Lord spoke to me. You see, all prayer is always about interaction with God. When God speaks, His presence comes and we transact. So the Lord then said to me, look at that tree. The reason why it has not broken in spite of the storms coming against it is that its roots have grown very, very deep. Now you, you must allow Jesus to dwell, not come and go. Not sukat, sukat, pray, sukat, sukat, don't pray. Abide in Him until you are rooted and established in my love. In other words, you will go through incidents in life but all the purpose of this incident is to root you down and these roots are going to go so deep inside you that no matter what storm comes upon you, you are without a measure of doubt, never doubting. God is for you, not against you. That is the season, that is the secret of my life. And so that became a powerful force within me You're going to understand The height, the depth The length, the breadth A love that's beyond understanding It's my love That will hold you down And then the Lord said You know when this man Couldn't do He said couldn't do You cannot do You cannot give out love Unless you have been loved You cannot give out life Unless you have Learned to receive life You can only do this You'll never understand The the anointing Of the Holy Spirit Unless you've spent time In the Spirit's presence So I said to the man It's not by might Not by power Not by your determination even. It's by fellowshipping with the Spirit of God. It's allowing the Spirit to flow inside us. So brothers and sisters, we're going to do communion now. So prepare yourself for the communion emblems. And even as you prepare for the communion emblems, I'm going to end by telling you this story. Life is tough and it may get tougher. But what will cause us to have a spiritual Frontier that we can take It is not determination It's not self-built It is the spirit Of the living God I'm going to tell you A very powerful story How many of you Have heard of Harith Iskanda? You know him right He's an entertainer And did any one of you See his post On uh, Instagram About the Batang disaster Anyone Yeah some of you have It's a very Very powerful post And you should Go and look at it Because I'll tell you The story now Harris Iskanda was at Bangsa Shopping Centre, I think, and he met the civil defence force, the Angkatan, I don't know what, uh, that went in to help the Batangkali victims. And, and honestly, people of God, we must really praise God for these people. They were relentless in hunting for the missing bodies. They never gave up. That is the spirit they had. Anyway, they were out in Bangsa village And they, they saw Harris Iskandar So they said, hey, hey, can you come and take a picture Because he's quite famous, right? With my team, my team would love to take a picture with you So Harris Iskandar then said, of course Of course, I would love to uh, have, take a picture with you When he went there to take a picture With this group of civil defence force He found out that actually they were having a meal Hosted by a couple called Mr. and Mrs. Lowe Mr and Mrs Low were the victims of the Batangkali disaster. What happened was that on the the tragic tragic day, they were driving there, and as the landslide came, the whole mud collapsed upon his car, and poor Mrs Low was crushed inside the car, which is why she merely managed to get out and survive, but her seven-year-old only son died in that Batangkali disaster. Mr and Mrs Low is the cousin of Pastor Andy Lowe. Is Pastor Andy here? No. Pastor Andy Lowe, who is our community pastor that Pastor Chu introduced last week. What happened was that they, they began to describe to Harris Iskanda what happened. Actually, Mr Lowe managed to climb out of the car and called. They were the, he was the, I think he was the first to call for the help and the Civil Defense Force came very, very fast and extricated bodies and so on and so forth. But Harris Iskanda discovered that it was Mr and Mrs Law that and this tragedy is not even one month old, right? Who had lost a seven-year-old son. He, they had invited the Civil Defence Force to come and have a meal with them as an act of thanksgiving. They wanted to really thank these people that sacrificed so much, to really and done so much just to thank them. As Harris Iskanda said. Do you know what? This couple just lost a seven-year-old son. You need to go and look at the Instagram because it's very, very touching. Remember I said, in a breakthrough anointing, there must be impact. The impact on Haris Iskanda was luar biasa. You go and look at it. It's really touching. But what hits us is that here is a man and a, a, his wife. The wife is still in a wheelchair when she went to give that lunch. Would you have hosted a lunch to thank your rescuers less than one month after losing your only son I'm not sure if I would have but there's something in Mr. and Mrs. Lowe in the breakthrough anointing that God I don't think it happened overnight it doesn't have oh suddenly we become so wonderful no it's the years the years of faithful loyalty being in Christ, serving with Christ, doing the things that God wants, faithful, abiding, that suddenly at this moment, they can bring forth a fruit of love, peace, and life. Harith Kanda was blown away. Brothers and sisters, I'm not expecting even myself to do that, but I'm just saying, I cry to God that I would have that breakthrough life-giving spirit in me no matter what will hit us. And we're going to do it as a church, which is why we're going to take communion today together. It cannot be done alone. We must do it as a church. We must treasure each other. Don't let the devil cause offences and then this church is lousy, but let me go to another church. It's not about that. If God has brought you here, stay. Try interact. I want to say to the rest of us, be nicer to each other. Don't treat each other as enemies or as hey, you don't like to sit near this person. Begin to speak life to each other. Look at the person next to you. What life-giving spirit must you impart to him? So we're going to take communion in a slightly different way. We're going to take the bread. Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Take it in remembrance of me. Do not eat it yet. Today, I want to say this as well. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. This morning, the Lord says, I want your communion to be about giving life. My covenant, it says in Malachi, my covenant with the priesthood is one of life and peace. So I want you to release life. So this is how we're going to take this bread. We're going to remember that Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Bread equals sustenance. When we break the bread, It is like reading the Bible and interacting with the Bible and taking it in, chewing upon it, allowing the Holy Spirit to turn the living Word into a living life. So in a short while, I'm going to pray and then we will take the bread together. Wow. Holy Spirit, you're just reminding me Jesus is the bread of life. Whoever eats of his body will never go hungry. So Lord, today, we want to enter a new breakthrough with you. We want to say that in 2023, we will not say we cannot read the Word or we don't know how to read the Word. We're going to enter 2023 to say, because you are the bread of life, and man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. That comes out from your mouth today, as we partake of this communion. I absolutely believe that as I read my Bible, the Spirit of God will help me to see the glory of God through the Word. For you are the Word, and your Word is life. So as I take of this bread, I now take uh, make a commitment to read the Word this year, and the Word will bring life to my mortal body, now partake of the bread we're going to take the cup Jesus said when you drink of it this blood, this cup is the cup of the new covenant in my blood Leviticus says this, the life of the creature is in the blood so this cup represents the blood of Christ, it speaks life and so this year, we're going to deny the devil a constant speaking of death into our own lives or into each other or into our families. We're going to commit ourselves to break the curse of any covenant with death. If any of you had made a covenant with the devil or with death, break it now. Take off this communion covenant and say, Lord, you're going to give me life and life will now flow into me and life will flow from me to my family, to my workplace, to everyone around me. I'm going to pray and that is the attitude we're taking communion today. Wow, Almighty God, giver of life. You are the giver of life. When you send Jesus to the cross, is that we might have life and life abundantly. Today, O Lord God, as we partake of this cup, O Lord God, we cancel every curse, O Lord God, that we have made with the enemy. Any contract, any transaction with the enemy, we cut it down. We cancel it, Lord God, for we will not allow Him to steal, kill and destroy our lives. But today O oh lord god we enter the covenant with you abiding in you so that we will have life and life abundantly so lord we partake of this communion of life with you for your covenant with me is a covenant of life in jesus name i pray amen partake of this communion let's rise now we must learn to make powerful declarations i pray that as you go back You want to even learn to pray as a family At least once a month If not once a week It can be only 15 minutes And as you do that You can even speak life to each other As well as make declarations. This is a declaration That's very powerful to make after communion Join me Say it strong and loud There's power in declarations Only when you declare a truth Faith comes by hearing Hearing from your own voice Is the most powerful hearing All Alright How many of you want to do this? But if you want to do this, just stay on for it. This is very powerful, you This is the practical side of it. Ready? Are you ready? One, two, three. Loud, loud, loud. As loud as you want your own self to hear. One, two, three. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have redemption and all my sins are forgiven Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been justified and made righteous I have access into God's grace Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I am sanctified, made holy and blameless Brought into His own presence without a single fault I am redeemed not by silver or gold but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ Therefore, I am precious and my life is of great worth to God. Therefore, I will value my life and not waste it away. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I am incumbent with God and the curses of the law are broken. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I declare that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed, sanctified. I declare Christ alone has claim over me. Therefore, Satan has no power in me, no place uh, over me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I'm going to do one more thing. 2023. 2023 is going to be a breakthrough in life. We're going to learn to speak life. We're going to proclaim Psalm 23. And this is what I would love you all to do when you come to sell, no need to do icebreakers already this year. All you do is that you look for one person joy, right? You're going to say, each one find a partner, and you're going to say, Joy, the Lord is your shepherd, joy, and He will lead you in 2023 into green pastures beside still waters, and He will restore your soul. And when you're looking for direction, He will lead you into paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Blah, 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 blah. As we speak life, and when you come to church, maybe we should do more declarations of life to each other so that we are speaking life. You know why? Don't come to church and say, Ayo, you know, so terrible. Lah. Last week, ah, you didn't greet me. Lah. And you are, ah, your song you sang, lousy No, we're going to speak life And in, incidentally, I, I forgot to tell you this very powerful testimony. If you have time, parents, how many want this testimony? Very powerful. Last night, Pastor Chua Weehan shared. As parents, we are very frustrated with sometimes with our kids, right? So there was this ch- parent in his church that was very frustrated with his son because he won't go to school and he doesn't want to go to school. He hates going to school and the father would tell him, would threaten him, push him into the bus and send him to school. So Chua Hien then said to him, look, God's ways is different from man's ways. His ways are higher than your ways. In the Hebrew culture, they don't do such things. They don't come and say, pray for anointing so that my child will get seven days They don't want. They actually lay hands on their children and they speak life. They will say, Miranda, the Lord bless you and keep you. Miranda, the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious and show favour to you in the school. And Miranda, man, the Lord will turn His face towards you and He will give you peace. Don't worry about all those people. So He shared that to His church and then of course you know something you can share everything to the church but only those who believe and act on it will have results right only those who believe and act on it will have results. one parent this parent believed and acted on it so he began to say okay at night before my son sleeps i'm going to pray this ironic blessing over him the lord bless you aaron the lord keep you the lord he did that for a few months after a while the son not merrily go to school I'm very happy to go to school. There was one day the son turned to the father and says, Hey Sunnah Sonna, ah. and Father, ah, you forgot to bless me. Quick, 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 bless me. The bus is coming. I want to go to school. There was a breakthrough in the sun. Fathers and sisters, mothers and fathers, there's a breakthrough anointing coming. The key is to speak life. Learn to, when you bring the children Don't pray Oh Lord God I pray that my son Kim will only have 20 A's And never do anything wrong Only help in housework That is telling God What to do God's going to teach us His way You're going to say to Kim The Lord loves you uh, We're going to do this now Alright The Lord is my shepherd Everybody say this It's so easy Memorise it So that we can do it Automatically Almost every time We come to the pulpit Maybe we should do that 2023 Psalm 23 Let's go The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing He makes me lie down in green pastures He leads me beside quiet waters He refreshes my soul He guides me along the right path for His name's sake Even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil for you are with me Your rod and your staff will comfort me You present a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup will overflow. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. I really believe this year, 2023, is going to be a breakthrough year there'll be no longer any spiritual dryness you will begin to have such a river of life flowing into you even the relationships and families will change because there's a river of life there'll be less complaining and less arguing because life is flowing inside us and through us Father, there's a powerful spirit of anointing just lift up your hands Lord, there's an anointing coming to us Father, I pray we don't miss it, Lord God. We just want to connect with You. We want to connect regularly. Lord, I pray it will not be just a New Year resolution, it will be an all-year and all-life resolution. Lord, we're going to learn, oh Lord God, that connecting with You is connecting with eternity. It's about connecting with life itself. Father, we want to destroy every work of darkness that's trying to take life, sap life out of us. And so, Lord, I praise you and thank you as you lift your hands i felt the lord says speak this to them the lord will say to you he will anoint you that's what the lord says i will anoint you i will anoint you the oil of joy to break the spirit of heaviness the garment of praise to replace every spirit of despair there may be despair in the workplace but god's going to break it and Lord even as we and I'm going to ask all the pastors elders and leaders to lift up their hands and everybody else as well this church needs a breakthrough anointing we're going to ask oh Lord God that you anoint us as a body of Christ in SIP that as we commit ourselves to building prayer and the word that there be such a powerful powerful revelation of the God seated on the throne and our lives will never be the same You will teach us so many things The revelation of you will overwhelm us and overtake us So that it will be our joy, our peace and our strength Heavenly Father, we ask this as a church We ask for that anointing in Jesus' name And now unto Him And now I just want to pray this May the love of God our Father The one who loves us with that incredible love A love that we do not understand And the grace of our Lord Jesus Who makes all things possible Who makes it possible That when we stand before Him We are counted as righteous Freed from accusation And above all The fellowship of the Holy Spirit The life-giving Spirit May that Spirit Be constantly fellowship with us Until we meet again And all God's people say Amen Greet one another With a life-giving greet Say praise the Lord Thank you. God is so good. Say something to the other person. Amen. Begin to love one another, greet one another with love, joy and peace. Thank you so much for coming. Next week, Pastor Isaac will talk about the generational frontier.